You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. For those of you who work, live, or are from central Indiana, you know that the greatest spectacle in racing is upon us as the Indianapolis Motor Speedway prepares for the 105th running of the Indy 500 this uh, Memorial Day weekend. So it's only fitting that on this 105th episode of Full Steam Ahead, we talk about racing and more specifically, Purdue Motorsports. So joining me on this episode to talk about that is the Director of Motorsports at Purdue University, Danny White. Danny, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Well, thank you very much. And uh, it's a pleasure to join you today. Um, I, yes, as you have said, I, I, I take care of my uh, role of motorsports with Purdue University, and the, that also involves the EV Grand Prix. I have I have a job that just, uh, I, I don't know, how, how would you put it? I enjoy going to work every day. That's awesome. That's great to hear. And I'm glad to have you on the show so we can talk about this. It's exciting time for anybody who likes racing or is from central Indiana. As I mentioned, we got the, the 500 coming up. We can talk a little bit about that maybe at the end of this episode, but I want to talk about Purdue Motorsports. Before we jump right into that, this kind of, as you kind of already mentioned already, your role up there, kind of talk about what all your role entails at Purdue. Well, I work with the, a motorsports uh, uh, student organization called Motorsports at Purdue. We kind of call it MAP, as, as for short. But uh, Motorsports at Purdue has a, a lot of young students that have a passion for motorsports. Uh, we have many teams on, on campus with, that participate in SAE and some different things. But we're a very motorsports-oriented uh, campus. I also work with students and get them internships with many of the different race teams, uh, race suppliers, and organizations such as that. Um, and with our, our EV operations, actually, even into some, some of those type of, of job opportunities. So internships are a big thing and, the, and to help uh, kind of push the state along with its economic development comes into play as well. But uh, yes, we're, we're, we're teaching a lot of students a lot of things for a new and upcoming industry. Awesome. How long have you been at Purdue? I've been at Purdue 12 years. Okay. Are you from Indiana? I am. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I was born and raised here. I've been around the went to the Ben Davis High School West Side guy. So uh, got to enjoy the sound of the the indie cars from when I've been a wee boy. Okay, so yeah, you've been around this track and 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 racing for a long time. I have. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about, as, as kind of alluded to off the top, Purdue is no stranger to racing itself. Obviously, it's a huge weekend here in Indianapolis for IndyCar, but, you know, last month I featured uh, the Purdue Grand Prix, the greatest spectacle in college racing, uh, last month on the podcast. And now we're going to talk about some uh, future events. You mentioned the EV Grand Prix um, earlier. So let's kind of talk about that. You guys uh, have some big events coming up yourself this fall. You want to talk about those? I do, but we have, we have a three great series. We have uh, the Collegiate EV Series, which we started, at, this will be our 10th race this year. So we're having our 10th anniversary EV Collegiate race. And that's a race that involves uh, the standard go-karts, similar, identical to what we use in, in the, the Purdue Grand Prix, except they're all electric powertrains. Uh, the students develop uh, lithium ion packs and then different batteries and controllers and strategies to, to, to try to win that race. It's, it's really interesting, but the the main main thing with it is that uh, 
we got a grant from the Department of Energy to try to, to work on some programming to help build the, you know, new electric vehicles to design them and this kind of thing about uh, 11 years ago. And that's what one, one of the things that we did was to help change the perception. And we have went electric with, with a whole completely electric or EV Grand Prix series. So after we was running for a while with the electric EV Grand Prix series, the collegiate series, we had some alumni approach us and, and wanted to talk to us about how was the possibilities of bringing this down to high school, that it had you know, a lot of opportunity there, that could we, we get this to where it was something that was probably within the skills and abilities of the high school students and the technologies that their teachers are comfortable with. And so we did, and we took those carts down to, and we, instead of using lithium ion batteries, as an example, we went to, uh, gel cell marine batteries so that even if punctured there's no leaks no hazard to the school we designed all the systems for that high school cart at 48 volts with with both osha and the national electric code saying anything below 50 is safe um, so we, we produced a pretty safe cart um, top cart usa that's here in indianapolis come along with us and designed a whole new chassis that brought that price point down to where it's very affordable for high schools to get involved. Now, even our Polytech High School has, has entered the race for this year. And, and on top of that, then we, uh, we're looking at the future and what, what we really need to do to, to properly train all of our students for the future that they're going to, to step into. And autonomous come to light. So three years ago, we made a, an announcement at the Motor Speedway that we would also add a third series in the EV Grand Prix, and that would be the University Autonomous Series, where actually no driver is in the cart. And uh, so we've done it once. Um, our first experience with it has been like a lot of the other uh, uh, series that have tried autonomous lately in, in, in this year and, and a bit of a pandemic. I think we, we watched a robo race car <laughs> come around the corner and straight into the wall. So not all of us have good luck on our first outing, um, but we've all been working together a lot. I think this is going to be a great one. So we're going to have a, on uh, Thursday, we, we, will we will have a, a, the autonomous race. Uh, which would be the 16th of September. On Friday, the 17th of September, we will have the collegiate EV race. And then on Saturday, we will have the high school world finals. So we will have a great event at Purdue. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Um, Aptiv has come on board as an example as, as, as our title sponsor. And when you look at it, that's what these companies that we're, we're working with the United Auto Workers, we're working with a lot of companies because what this does is this prepares the students that, that are going to go into this new and emerging uh, uh, transportation industry as we've all got an announcement that lately that you know 2035 seems to be this magic date that everybody has chosen chosen to 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 move forward and, and not do any more internal combustion engines of course you've got those still in in rejection and uh, and then you've got my students that they're they're fine with that and and actually even when you look down at the high school students there's a whole market that's not going to have any intimidation at all about buying an electric vehicle they're a perfect uh, at entry level college and career readiness at entry level if they wanted to walk up to the door of one of those those transportation manufacturers knock on the door there's the perfect employee it's prepared a new workforce for them so to speak that's familiar with all of these kind of things 
then we get to autonomous and oh my the autonomous that's a whole different world it's very very tough it's really difficult um, we've got some of the top level students from around the country georgia tech's been a big hand uh, hawaii maui has been a big hand as we developed a lot of the safety controls of if you ever think about it how do you start an autonomous race how do you stop or throw a red flag on an autonomous race or a caution flag there's no driver so we've had to come up with all of those safety controls and all that and everybody's really worked together it's really interesting but to look for a great race and our our plan is to wheel to wheel race go-karts autonomously that's our goal um so that's a pretty much the where we're at with the uh, ev grand prix it is spreading out nationwide um, we're working with the university of portland the University of Texas in San Antonio, University of California, San Diego, to try to move this out south and west and, and around. So it's growing rapidly. It, it has a lot of good things that go along with it. But in the high school series, I mean, it's 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 something to see. It's a they have to raise their funds. They they it's it's an entrepreneurial thing as well as it's it's shouldn't always be viewed as a race. Yeah. This is more educational than it is, and the race is kind of the icing on the cake or their final lab, if you will. The most of it is is all classroom and hands-on applied learning. So really, really a great thing, but it was my way to give back after a great career in IndyCar and, <laughs> and Champ Car. That's awesome. Yeah, you, and you mentioned the high school, so let's stay there for a moment. Just talk, you mentioned, yeah, this is... This seems like so much more of just experience and, and learning as much as it is for fun. I mean, these kids, especially you mentioned the high school ones, are gaining some professional or internship level experience before they even reach the college level, right? Absolutely. And, and the Department of Education considers that it's listed as a graduation pathway resource for high school kids, the EV Grand Prix High School is. And we start out, I mean, it starts out with, you, you have the students go out and identify all their, their businesses in their, their actual school district or their community. They develop invitations, they send them out, they bring them in, they do a big presentation. Um, we ask them to try not to ask much over $500 for, for many of their business sponsors in their school district, because it's very hard for somebody to turn down a $500 ask. <laughs> <laughs> so your liberal arts students that, that are, are doing this part of it. So the front end is done by the liberal arts students. So they, they raise the money. Then they've got to get the art department involved and the, the kids that love art, because you got to design a race team logo. you got to figure out how you're going to design your car. So you're getting, you're really getting a lot of the school involved. You've got logistics, you've got purchasing and procurement, you've got time management, this problem solving decision making, and then we get to all of the engineering technology things that the kids that have to build the carts and we do three testing teams or testing events that, are, that have no racing involved, but say we'll focus one on gearing and how do you do that correctly one on tires and probably one on chassis dynamics of how you set the chassis up properly and we'll do that all in the spring before we go to indian race in may that's awesome and so we heard hold the world final and it's kind of like i said their final lab but the high school students learn a lot and, and why we did that and why we went with a program like that that's that's also so academic based in classroom is because when you look at the the remedial classes that college students take a lot of times, those are the issues that they cover in the last couple of years of high school with EV Grand Prix. As an example, once I, I began at Purdue in engineering education, tossed a tape to a, a young student one day and said, hey, 
check all the dimensions, do everything on that seat on that cart and make sure it's centered and the cart's balanced properly. He stands there for a few minutes and when I turn around and look at him, he said, well, remind me how I do all the, the things with the tape. And I said, well, wait a minute, you just walked out of a calculus class, but you can't remember how to do the tape. Um, another one had the same problem with the protractor. So what we did was we began to talk to them. And what we found is because of the esports and all the gaming and stuff, they can also, with rote learning, they can take some things and don't store them in memory real well. And basic math is probably one of those. I know we've all at times been frustrated, walked up and somebody's having a hard time counting change. They can probably do algebra, <laughs> you know, but it's the basic math. So we're teaching them a lot of basic principles. And in the high school, the other thing that we're doing is we're preparing them for the workforce or college. We're preparing them to be on time. If you if you show up at the grid and I say if grid is 110, you show up at 115. Well, I'm sorry, the race just started. You're, you're done. And so they get it real quick. But you, you really have to do that and to be able to, to work in teams and to do many different things to understand safety and quality and, and how to, to, to do all this research. It's, it's really a neat, neat and interesting journey for a high school student. And, and to be honest with you, they, they flock to it. You don't have to push it. They come to it. That's awesome. I imagine it's a great recruiting tool for Purdue as well, right? I mean, look, look at, you know, they bring it to their school. They remember the Purdue name and wow, I can do this at college and do this professionally. I imagine that helps draw in students as well, right? It does. And then, the, you know, but to know that when you come to Purdue that you can jump from that series right into the, the collegiate series with the lithium ion packs and you're, you're pretty much there. You're pretty close and uh, you'll be pretty competitive. And there's a lot of like minded individuals that you'll find that are like the students on the, on those teams. And yes, we do get some recruits from it. We also partner with Lincoln Tech and Ivy Tech and the kind of we, what, what the goal is, we want you to do something after high school. She bet we'd love for you to come to Purdue. But if that's not in, if that's not in your plan, then, then look at Ivy Tech. If that's not in your plan, then look at Lincoln Tech. But you need to do something when you finish high school. And so that's what we try to get across in, in the EV Grand Prix High School Series and, and follow up with, and it's going to be a lifelong learning experience. You're in a high technology world you're about to walk into. Yeah. So it'll take many seminars and updates and just keep with it and find your passion. Find what you, make sure you don't dread going to work in the morning and you know you're doing the right thing. That's awesome. And and I imagine also that draw too, of like, especially with the autonomous series, getting to, to say, hey, we're going to go down to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and be on that track. I imagine that's an exciting time as well, right? It is. We've, we've actually raced there eight years. Um, so we, we went down there on what they call the Emerging Technologies Day with, with the college carts, but it is an experience for them. You can go back in some of the, you know, the books that they keep of all the photos in the museum and go to special events and you'll find there's all the pictures of the EV Grand Prix are in there as well. So it really does a lot for the kids and you're, you are correct. For students to be able to say that I have raced at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, 2018, as an example, we had all women sweep the field. And so those ladies will be able to bring their children back and say, look what mom did, you know, back when, when, when I was a student. And I don't know. I think it really makes a big difference with them overall. And you would be surprised, as I was, of how many students that walk in there for the first time, that, you know, that walk in for the EV Grand Prix, that is their first time in the Speedway. So we, we were quite surprised in the, 
one of the uh, principals at Speedway Middle School a few years back with our MSTEM 500 had done a little survey and 85% of his students that are blocks away that listen to that sound every May had never been into the Speedway either. So we figured out ways to make sure that all those kind of students get a chance and get in here and, and take a look at racing. And, and hopefully we're, we're creating a whole new fan base as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember my first experience was in 2005. It was my first year up at WLFI up there in Lafayette and getting covered the 2005 uh, race. And I was just in awe of how big <laughs> the track was and just the whole atmosphere. It was just an incredible experience for sure. So. It is. It is. It is an experience. I've been, uh, I've been spotting in turn three, and uh, got on my radio and said, "Well, what happened? Where's the car?" Uh, well, Danny, it's raining in one. Oh, but it, it's that big of a place that you could have sprinkles in one and nothing. Sun still shining in three, and I've seen. I've personally seen it happen. So yes, it's a big place. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you mentioned the ten years of the EV Grand Prix. So let's talk about about talk about that a little bit because you've seen it all the way through there talk about just the change you've seen and the growth over the last 10 years the growth has been enormous we we have reached from hawaii to the east coast we've had entries from international entries from canada china england and ireland um so we we've, we've kind of tasted the international flair as well um, but battery technology is the biggest thing when we first began 10 years ago with, with the, the collegiate uh, EV series, we were using Interdel packs. And we, it was so, the, the packs were so large and so big that we had to use two packs as an example. And when you took the weight of the two packs, there's a, uh, under CIK uh, rules, uh, international carding standards, we were within five to 10 pounds of, of the weight limit of what we could actually add to that cart. We were really, really close with those two battery packs of, you know, really stressing the cart out. So, so we were five or 10 pounds away from what the manufacturer said enough. Mm-hmm. Now, today, we use, I mean, these were big packs. Today, we use a pack that's maybe no more than 20 inches long, so it's six inches wide and five inch, five to, oh, five to six inches tall, one side, one, one side of the cart only. So the difference, if you looked at the beginning days and then you looked at today, you'll definitely notice it's the battery packs. And actually, as you know, battery packs are the trick to, to EV transportation. And the, and the more the battery technology improves, the more people will buy and purchase EV cars. The prices for batteries will come down. The, the distance and mileage that they will travel will go up. And that's, that's what we're facing as well. So. Currently, we're searching for another battery partner, somebody that, you know, that is a developer. Our last one was a, a Chinese company that relocated to the United States, and they have now sold off. So we're trying to, to locate another great lithium-ion type battery supplier that wants to do some research on their packs. Because as you can imagine, we push those cells very hard. <laughs> and you know, along with the technology are the, the students that come and go, uh, you know, now that's 10 years in, do you ever run into any former students or people that per- participated in the EV Grand Prix that are, you know, now run into down in Speedway or elsewhere? Absolutely. We have uh, quite a few students that are on Andretti's team. Uh, we have a couple that are on other assorted teams. We have two students, as an example, uh, uh, Grant uh, and Drew both uh, 
run a company called Glassboard that they started down on Pennsylvania. Um, and they develop circuit boards and different custom things of that nature. Um, they come back, actually, most of the alumni come back uh, when we have a race in the spring. We get a lot of alums come. One walks across the street as an example from Praxair. And the, but the alums come back. It, it's just so fun to watch. But um, we have several, several in the, both SpaceX and Tesla. So those students are a perfect fit for Tesla and SpaceX as they come out of this program. So from the beginning, many, many of them have went to Tesla and many have, have also uh, went with SpaceX. That's cool. Talk about how, just how rewarding that is for you as a teacher and director to see these students go on to excel, especially in you know, the motorsports or electric you know, vehicles and just to see them use these skills that they learned under you uh, professionally. And well, it is, and, and, and uh, as an example, the one, the one our, somewhat our first student that we put into Andretti, she has many rings, more than me. <laughs> so she outdoes me with rings and, and wins. Um, and she, you know, she's been out of school, I don't know, six, seven years, something like that. But uh, yeah, they're very successful. They do very well. Um, all of them that have that have left and went to teams have done that. We've had one uh, that went to Delara, spent a long time at Delara, many many years at Delara, and now he's kind of broke off on his own. But they all do very well, and uh, actually, I I still do have contact with with many of them, and that's what really that's that's the part that really makes me understand the reward of what I. I've helped them and, and guided them to where they're at is what they talk to me about when they email me or whatever, and just the little things they'll say. And the, it's the funniest one is everyone that goes to a race team, I, I should say everyone, but probably 80% of them that go to a race team, well, they'll pick up a nickname and mm -hmm. race teams are kind of famous for that. you know. So, so uh, when they get their nickname, if, they don't know what to do. There's a couple of them that don't know what to do. And, and one, as an example, I said, well, the, the nickname they gave you, you never shave, do you? And he said, well, no. I said, you never tuck your shirt tail in, do you? And he said, well, no. I said, well, then they give you your nickname. And, you know, and uh, so, but that means that you're in. They like you, that you, you've been accepted. It's okay. So accept your new nickname, smile and be happy. But that means, okay, they finally, you're in, you're part of the team, they give you your nickname and you're good. But the, yeah, so that's always a funny one too, because it comes, you know, in the evening when it happens. And, the, and when, it, when I give that little speech on the phone, when I hang up, my wife laughs every time. Uh-oh, somebody got their nickname. <laughs> but the, that, that's, that's just a bit of humor with me and my students. That's awesome. And let's kind of talk about uh, your background, because you were involved, like you mentioned, IndyCar, and just before you got involved with Purdue and Purdue Grand Prix, talk about your your involvement in history at the track as well. Okay, well, when I started, I was working, uh, I, my my engineering background is advanced automation, and when I started, I was uh, doing some things. I worked for a company called Barringer Manheim. It was up uh, on the north side of Indianapolis. It's now Roach. I took care of all of their safety and environmental compliance. So I transitioned over from a class that I had taken on motorsports emergency services. I got an invitation to take that class. It was a five-day five class. It was pretty intense. I took it. And when I was done, 
I kind of took it for fun because it sounded like, it, you know, something fun to do on the weekend. I was a single man at the time. So, hey, this was a great. Um, but when I was done, they asked me if I would come to work for the Speedway and work on one of the safety trucks. And uh, so I did. I joined the fire crew. Um, my second or third year, I was uh, watching Dick Simon and his boys stand around uh, all day long through the, the drizzle. It was one of those drizzly days where you got to keep driving the truck around the track to dry it out. And they were standing there looking at us all day. So when I was done, one of the last things you do the day is pick up all the fire extinguishers and things. And I said, okay, do you care if I take a look? He said, why not? Everybody else has. So I kind of took a look and asked him what the problem was. And he told me. And as a as an engineer, I said, well, do you just have a set of dial, you know, dial or digital caliper sitting around? He handed me a set. And so I checked it real quick. And I said, well, I know what it is. What do you mean? <laughs> and so I told him what his bearing should look like that he is destroying. He reached up in the, somebody's toolbox, pulled one out and threw it on the ground. And it looked just like what I described. And he said, well, what is it that's causing that? And I explained it to him that was in the manufacturing process. They didn't go deep enough. And it's called like a kissing off on that bottom face. So when they would torque the bearing, it would torque it at a, a bit, just a slight bit of an angle, putting unequal pressure on the bearing. So that Renard car wouldn't last over 300 laps before that bearing would fail. So yes, I called for him. I called one of my friends that owned the big tool and die shop. They worked all through the night to, to fix that, got it to him and he made it 500 miles. Well, after the race was over, he came to me and said, come visit with me when you go back to work. And one evening dropped by and visit with me. I said, what do you want to talk about? He said, I want to give you $10,000 more than you make now to come to work for me. Just bring me your paychecks done. I don't think he realized I worked in corporate legal, but that's okay. <laughs> it all worked out and I've never looked back. And uh, I had a great time at Simon and all the different teams I've been with. Uh, I've, I was fortunate enough to, to get an opportunity with Eddie Cheever in 1998. And I was his fueler. So uh, what an experience, got to drink the milk, go up on the podium, the whole thing. So really like that, spent some time in Champ Car. Uh, unfortunately left Champ Car after I lost my driver, Greg Moore, and, and went to work for the city, for the mayor of Indianapolis for a little bit. But uh, back at it, and hey, I, I, I have had a, a dream life, so to speak, from about uh, 35 years on. It's, it's, it's really been enjoyable. It's, uh, it's, it's not only been a lot of fun, but I've really affected a lot of people's lives as far as the students and the things, the, the people that we touch with the EV Grand Prix and motorsports in general at Purdue. That's awesome. That's incredible. I love that, Danny. Thanks for sharing that. And talk about, I want to go back to this 98 story. So talk about just being a part of that winning team and, you know, coming in to finish that race and you realize you're going to win this. Let's talk about what's kind of going through your mind, your chest, your heart, you know, all this. And then oh, yeah, like, be on victory circle there. Well, I'll, how about I start off with this? On the first pit stop, he launched on me. So uh, the crew chief and I had a long discussion about this before the race. He wanted to do what's called a hot drop. So back then, it took about 11 seconds minimum to fuel a car because you had 40 gallons you put in. Mm. So a hot drop is the tire changers are done first. And so this, the fueler's still in there, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. Well, as the fueler starts to pull out, the jack man pops the jack, car drops, and off the driver goes. Well, in a hot drop, the fueler stays in. You pull the jack, the car hits the ground. When the fueler comes out, he goes. Well, they're looking at hundreds of a second, you're going to say. Well, in that race, that's that makes a difference. 
was I explained to the crew chief, look, Eddie's drove in Formula One. He's did this for a long time. And human nature, he's going to be all excited when he when that car drops, he's naturally going to hammer it. And off he goes. And, and what are we going to do? And he said, I want to try the hot drop. And Danny, if he does it, I promise you, I'll drop. I'll jump on top of the car and put my hand over his face, which he did. <laughs> it didn't pull over the fuel tank. Uh, and it busted the fuel nozzle. So we had to do that change real quick. So at the end of the race, we're getting close to the end of the race. We did, we come in, uh, Buddy Lazier and Eddie were running. I mean, oh, nose to tail. So Buddy come in with Eddie. They dove in together and I popped Eddie out first and Buddy could not get past him. I mean, Eddie just, that was it. Except a few laps before the end of the race, Eddie bobbled between one and two. And if he wasn't an experienced driver, that would have been the end of that. So from the bobble on, I, the fueler never takes his helmet off. So there I sat with my head down, helmet in hand, and told my, my jack man, when he comes out of four, smack me. <laughs> and so sure enough, he come out of four. It's like, it, it, it's the most sur, sur, surreal feeling that I have ever experienced. I have never had an experience like that ever in my life. And and look forward to the day that there would be another chance to do something like that, because that that was, I am telling you, there is no experience like it. And I, I think most people, that's why they're there. They want that experience. And uh, I understand. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to go backwards just a little bit real quick. because Obviously, as we kind of talked about earlier, you grew up around this. And so it's been like a lifelong passion for you. Talk about some of your students. Are, are the majority of your students from Indiana and familiar with the 500 and, and the Brickyard and all those types of things? Or do you get students from all over the country who may not even have a whole lot of racing experience before they get involved? I get a mix. I even get some foreign students that are, and, and especially from Europe, they're very interested in motorsports. I get uh, many from around the area that are interested. But you are correct. You, you get out very far you know, into some of the rural communities and things like that. They really don't even understand it or know about it. They, they look, they think it'll be fun. They know it's a tradition at Purdue. So, so they get involved. Um, and that's where we create new, new fan base. <laughs> that's where we create more fans. We get young folks excited that, that have not experienced it much before. So, yeah, I, I get a really a mix of you name it from the underprivileged, underserved, to mm, some wealthy individuals in Europe that are sending their kids to Purdue, that, that have somewhat of a motorsports knowledge. Yeah, I, it, it, you're right. I mean, it changes you. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, my first experience in 2005, I, you know, I followed racing from a distance and, you know, would pay attention to maybe who, who want to race, especially like NASCAR. But, you know, 2005 was my first real IndyCar experience. And it, it does change you. Like I, I look forward to the 500 every year. I actually myself am more into IndyCar than I, than NASCAR by by uh, by a far margin, I would say. So uh, yeah, it's something I look forward to every year now, and and it's exciting, especially this time of year to, to uh, for Memorial Day weekend for the race. I want to. Me too. I, I I mean I've always looked forward to this. I mean I, I'm a product of the old original Snake Pit, so we had the. At Ben Davis, you had senior skip day, and the senior skip day was the that's where you was to be. You, you <laughs> needed to get yourself over to the first turn at the speedway. 
And, it's, and, and, and believe it or not, I look back at that with, with fond memories and look at it as that's what created most of the fan base we've got today. Yeah. A lot of it, the, old, the older fan bases, the boomers like me, that's, they've all experienced the snake pit. How excited are you for this year to get at least a little bit back uh, closer to normal, obviously uh, reduced fans, but you know, a lot of the events surrounding it and the traditions, of course, the Purdue All-American Marching Band will be back this year and uh, you know, the milk and all that good stuff. How exciting is that for you to at least see it getting back to somewhat normal? It is. And then um, my favorite driver to win is Colton Herta. And of course, one of my students is, of course, on his team. Okay. So, so I just, I don't, I, I know his dad as well. And Purdue has a, has been, had a partnership with Brian Herta before he joined with Andretti when he was on his own. So uh, we have a great relationship with Brian as well. And it really strains me because we have a great relationship with Simona. And Simona's actually been up on our Grand Prix track and she's, she's drove a couple of the EV carts on the Grand Prix track. Actually, she holds the track record with, she's tied with Jimmy Simpson. Okay. Well, that, now you've given me a couple more people to uh, root for. I know my daughter will be rooting for Simona because she's the female in the race, but uh, you know, I, I'll have to be rooting for Colton as well now. Of course, I'd love to see uh, Ed get one out there. Me too. I, I hope Ed I hope that Ed does very well. And he what he is he has is if he would win, it's well deserved. How's that? Yeah, for sure. And I'm happy for his team to, you know, take the Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago. So that was that was exciting. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him uh, be drinking the milk at the end of the day. Me too. On Sunday. So any other drivers that you, you'd like to see up there and, you know, on Winter Circle? Well, actually, yes. I would like to see Helio get another one. Okay. So I would really like to see Helio get another one. And I mean, and that goes back to basically uh, when we lost Greg, he stepped into the position with Pinsky that Greg was going to take. So I've uh, been around him a long, long time, but I, I, I would love to see that. That would make some history if, if he got his, his, the one that he's, he's dying to, to, <laughs> to tie the, the grape with. Yeah. So, yeah, between the three of them, I, I hope for one of them. And actually, uh, I'm really pretty favorable of the young guns as well, because I yeah. think they're doing so well. And to, to jump on that track at their age and to be able to perform like they're doing, I'm amazed. Yeah, and a lot of the young ones up there in the, the starting line in the front, near the front of the, front of the pack. So that's, yeah, exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Any other uh, Purdue connections out at the track that I might be unaware of? Well, um, we, do a, we do another event usually, and because we were scaled down a little bit this year, we didn't do it. We do an event called the MSTEM 500, and we do it in conjunction with Ivy Tech and Lincoln Tech. And what it is, is a college and career fair where we bring 700 students a day out to the track, and we go through a lot of different careers and a lot of different things. And, and they actually get time to sit in the stands and enjoy the cars and this kind of thing. So we help them try to figure out what it is they want to be, so to speak, when they grow up. Um, and we expose them to IndyCar and the, I have not seen any of them that were not smiling the whole day. So that's also something that we do out there. Um, and then we have uh, recently opened up a center for motorsports engineering at Purdue. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're hoping that we can provide some resources to the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar through the, the center for motorsports engineering. 
and uh, I know they're they're really a national Olympic team oriented, and uh, we want to see is there is there any projects we could do and help with there as well. I also take care of some motorsports safety issues. I'm involved with the Motorsports uh, Safety Foundation, where I serve as an ambassador with NHRA midgets and fire safety. So that's the the other part of of what kind of Purdue does is looks at the, some of the safety issues from time to time. Awesome. Well, Danny, as we're kind of just wrapping up here, anything else about Purdue Motorsports that you want our listeners to know? No, basically it makes more the most sense that Purdue is a, one of the top engineering universities in the area. We, we are in that 60 mile range from the speedway. And I have really enjoyed that eight year partnership with, with IMS. It, it's really been grand. It's been good for our students. I think it's been good for IMS and I, I think it's good for the state of Indiana. Awesome. Hey, Danny, I'm so grateful for your time today. It's a, like we've mentioned many times an exciting time of year and I look forward to uh, this weekend's race. And then, of course, more importantly, maybe for you guys, your race is uh, coming up this fall. I'm excited to follow those and see how those go. That'd be great. I'd love to see you there. Awesome. Thank you, Danny. Take care. Boiler up. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.